When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 25 of Optimal Living Advice, the podcast where we take any questions you might have about the many struggles of life and we get them answered for you here on the show. I am your host, certified life coach, Greg Audino. Today, we cover some more new territory. We have a great question sent in about being in a slump. A lot of us can fall into certain kinds of slumps and it can be tough to crawl out of them as they're usually caused by things piling up as opposed to one single event. That's the case with this asker, but I'd rather give you the story in her own words. So here it is. I've been in a slump now for six months. My boyfriend left me, my best friend moved away, I lost my dog, my rent was increased, and I've been getting less hours at work. I think I've handled each of these things okay, but they've piled up so much that I hardly know who I am anymore. There's so much pain each day. I'm getting so sick of it, but I just don't feel I have enough control anymore to do anything about it. I've followed you for a while, and I know how much you talk about the importance of taking action, but I don't even know where to start. Okay, this sounds like an extremely uh, tough time for you. It's a lot to juggle all at once, and I'm glad that you reached out to us here for a second opinion. I'm also grateful to you for following my work for a long time. That means a lot to me, so thank you for that as well, and I'm glad it's reached a point where I can try to help you directly. I think this dilemma is resolved by reframing both this current stage and the next stage for you. Let's talk about this current stage first. I know that pain is exhausting. I know that it's not something anyone wants, but pain is a big part of life. It is ongoing. It is necessary. It is predictable. It is here to stay, at least in trace amounts. And I say this because I fear that you've fallen into a trap that's so easy to fall into in a tough time. It's the trap of feeling bad about feeling bad. No, I am not expecting you or anyone else to necessarily enjoy pain. Let's not get that woo-woo around here. But we can still be patient with pain and thus be patient with ourselves. Consider everything you've gone through in these last six months. All these things that you've been through that you mentioned, why would you not feel pain? It's a perfectly normal reaction, and I know it's easy to get sick of it, of course, but you also must acknowledge that it's okay to feel it. This six-month period of your life, this drop in the bucket in the grand scheme of things, is simply a difficult time. They've happened before, and they'll happen again. You'll get out of this, and you'll get back into another one someday. It is but a stage. If you live 80 years, this will be one 160th of your life. This stage has a place. It needs to be kept into perspective. It doesn't deserve to reflect any more than one 160th of your identity. 
And this stage, like other painful stages, has a role. And the first part of that role is learning. So start to brainstorm about all of the useful skills you're learning right now that will be helpful for you in the future. So off the top of my head, based on some of your current struggles, I'm thinking maybe independence. I'm thinking grief management. I'm thinking budgeting. So what other precise lessons are you learning right now that you know you'll need and you know you'd be less likely to learn during the good times? And the second part of that role is rebuilding so as to prepare for that next phase. And these lessons are going to help springboard you into that rebuild, both practically and spiritually. So let's talk about the rebuild. When we feel out of control, it's hard to take the time to create visions for ourselves, visions for how we want things to be, because they seem unrealistic. But that's only because our judgment is clouded for the time being. Is there plenty in life that you don't have control over? Of course. But there's also plenty that you do have control over. And that's how the healing process starts for you as you get ready to move out of this more miserable, teeny tiny, not a big deal, 160th. I'm very appreciative of the fact that you've listened to my blabbering enough to know how I feel about taking action. I'm a big advocate. And you take actions on things because you believe in a result on the other side. And control sort of reinforces belief. They go hand in hand, if that makes sense. So you're more likely to take action and act on things that you can control. You're more likely to practice shooting three-pointers in basketball because you know you have a lot of control in becoming a better shooter. You're less likely to practice, I don't know, doing some sort of song and dance to summon rain because that's not how rain works. (laughs) Great example, Greg. Stay hot. Uh, What all of this means for you is that the action that you're most likely to take, the action that's best to take, and therefore the action with which to start, is action that is derived from a vision that you create for yourself. So you're in this phase now, this less than desirable 160th. What's the next phase going to look like? What do you want your life to look like, and what can you do to make that happen? What controlled steps can you take? Do what you can to get very clear about what it is that you want your life to become. What does a day in the life look like for you? A day in that ideal life. When do you wake up? Where do you live? What hobbies do you take part in? Are you using skim or 1% milk in your cereal? Have you sworn off cereal? Get down to the details, because the more detailed the vision is, the easier it is to create effective steps to make it a reality. And again, make sure those steps are within your control. For example, uh, if you say you want to become an actress, a bad step to start with is saying, okay, I will book one gig by the end of the week. This step, while it might sound motivating, it's not terribly useful because it ignores all the other moving pieces. As an actress, you and your talents have very little say in whether or not you actually get a job. Trust me, bend down that road. This is how visioning can kind of get us into trouble if it's not paired with action. It's all belief-based and ignores other circumstances. What you can do, however, as a first step is say, okay, I'll submit to five auditions this week or I'll take an acting class this week, or I'll read a book about acting this week. These are things that you can control that offer objective progress. Unless the library burns down and there are no more acting books left, then I'm out of answers. You get what I'm saying, though. So the next more desirable phase will come. You can push it along, though, by being patient with your pain, learning from it, and taking purposeful action relating to a clear vision that you create for yourself based on how you want your life to be 
rather than how you feel it has to be. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And there we have it, friends. Today's episode was a, uh, a great microcosm of the life coaching process, really. So thank you to the person who sent this in, uh, not only for trusting us to give you some help, but also for allowing all the viewers to hopefully gain a better understanding of how valuable it can be, no matter where you're at, to, to recognize that which it is uh, that we want and how we can play our part to, to get it, as opposed to waiting for the universe to just plop it in our laps. As you guys might know by now, you can send your own questions in for us to give you some help with by emailing them to advice at oldpodcast.com. Again, that is advice at oldpodcast.com. We'll send you a free book from our collection as well as getting your questions answered on the pod. That's it for today, my friends. Thank you for checking in. Hope you got something from this episode, and we hope you'll drop in for the next one. Meanwhile, if you can't wait, you can check us out online uh, by visiting gregaudino.com for my stuff or oldpodcast.com. We're on Instagram too. I am at Simply Greggles, and the team collectively is at Old Podcast. Okay? Until next time, everybody.